You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, we're going to continue our series on therapy Q&A with part four. If you haven't listened to parts one through three, go back and listen to those. We, we cover a lot of different questions that I've received or that have been posted online about therapy, and I want you to feel comfortable with it and feel like you have all of the information you need to succeed when you see a therapist. Great questions for after the holidays, too. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yeah, perfect time. Yeah. And as usual, we're giving away a bunch of free stuff, including my free hypnosis guide, my download for Hypnosis for Confidence MP3, and um, our, our private Facebook group, which I will tell you a little bit more about when we get to it. We'll be right back. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What is happening, people? This is David Wright, the Motor City Hypnotist, back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. Happy to have you here, sir. With me is Matt. Yeah. He's in the booth. Yes. He's hidden in the booth. I'm in the booth. I'm pushing buttons and <laughs> pushing buttons stuff and is making, making magic happen. <laughs> we are here in the podcast Detroit Northfield Studios. And uh, those of you who are listening after the fact, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Those of you on Facebook who might be watching live, you can pop in and say hello. Um, actually, if you have a question also, our, 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 we're continuing and hopefully finishing up our series, Therapy Q&A. <laughs> There's so much. That's like why we've said, extended hopefully. this out. Um, but yeah, if you have a question that you haven't heard us address, pop it into the comments and we'll we'll answer them live to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me tell you where you can find me. My website, MotorCityHypnotist.com. That website just been revamped. All of the links, our fingers crossed, should be working now. Mm-hmm. I know uh, a couple of people emailed and said, oh, oh my, the, the podcast link's not working. But uh, I, I mentioned last podcast, we had to get some, yeah, we had to get some code code corrected. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. I mean, yeah. But the, but the site's revamped. It's same content, a little bit different look, kind of updated. So, yeah, take a look there. You can find me on Facebook and YouTube, Motor City Hypnotist. And on Twitter and Instagram, Motor City Hypno. Perfect. If you would like to contribute financially to the show, which would really help me out, you can find me on Patreon. Patreon is a creator site. And uh, just with a small donation monthly, you can get access early access to episodes. That's, that's one benef- benefit you get. The MP3s are loaded within a couple of days after we record. Typically, they will come out as far as the podcast providers, maybe a a week, week and a half after we record. 
So you can get early access to those. You can get cool stuff like this coffee mug. Mm, well, not this one in particular because I'm using it. <laughs> you don't want to use that but one. But one exactly like this one <laughs> and a T-shirt as well. You can put you whatever can promote you want. promote the podcast. Put whatever you want in the coffee cup. Yeah. And um, on another level, you can also plug something that you would like to on the podcast or, or get a shout out about something, whatever that is. Uh, so take a look there. That mm-hmm. would be great. And the most important thing is wherever you're listening, whatever podcast platform you're using, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever it is, um, subscribe to the show there and leave a review. Mm -hmm. That helps me get more exposure. And and the more people who subscribe, the more eyes get on it, which really helps us out a lot. So I would appreciate that. It is time for our winner of the week. How it is done. So a lot of a lot of cool stuff happens around the holiday. Well, probably happens all the time, but more so around the holidays. I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. people kind of get into the giving spirit and you know just doing cool things. Yeah. So this this story comes from Charleston, West Virginia, which I happen to know. Charles. On a side note, I happen to know Charleston, West Virginia, because we used to go. A group of us, my, my, my brothers, my dad, my, my father-in-law, and my uh, brother-in-laws, we used to, every year we would have this whitewater rafting trip oh, absolutely. down to West Virginia, yeah. the Gauley River and the New River. Mm-hmm. And we would stay in Charleston the, the, night, the, the night after the, the uh, rafting. Mm-hmm. We would do two days of whitewater rafting. Um, so yeah, cool place. Now, let me ask you a question. As you were going into West Virginia, did you start playing Bob Denver? <laughs> It's it's certainly possible because that was many years ago, and we we did this trip. I'm going to say probably six or eight years in a row. Yeah, it, it was like an annual thing, and it's always in October. Mm. Ooh, that I'll, I'll, I'll go on a I'll go on a side tangent a little bit. So, if you haven't been whitewater rafting, it, it's it depends on where you go, but but there are levels mm-hmm. because you could go like on a lazy float down the river, right. or you could go. Where yeah. we would go on the Gauley River, which Level. is class five plus rapids, uh-huh. because in October they only had two or three weeks of rafting season because that's when they released that's when they opened the dam. Ah, okay. So you had the huge flow of water. You're talking class fives and up. Yeah, that's walls of water you're trying to get oh, over. Oh yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> it's amazing. Just go on YouTube and just look up Gauley River, G A U L E Y, and you'll mm. see a lot of good cool stuff there. Fun. I'm going yeah, to. Yeah, it's 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 fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, when drivers in Charleston heard the sirens of police cars behind them last week, many got a holiday reprieve to brighten their day. Hmm. So they thought they were being pulled over for doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. They weren't. The South Charleston Police Department was giving out gift cards instead of tickets to traffic rule breakers. <laughs> Big shout out to SCPD, wrote G- Jenna McAllister on Facebook. I ran a red light accidentally, of course. It's in parentheses. Of course, it's accidentally. Accidentally and was expected, got pulled over. The officer took my ID and car info, and when he came back, he surprised me not giving me a ticket, but a gift card for Chick-fil-A. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh! Oh, and let me guess, she gave, he gave it to her on a Sunday. Yeah. That, that could be so she couldn't use it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? I want to use it right now. Can I try it really quick? Okay. Another side note. Uh, I did a show back. Um, 
I used to do this high school show. Of course, this year I didn't because of COVID. Right. But but I've done this show many years in a row. It's down near Cincinnati. Uh, it's a high school, and I did their uh, post prom every year or their grad night. Oh. I don't remember which. It's the all night party, right? The all night party. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one of one of the times I was there, and typically these shows are on like a Friday night or Saturday night, mm-hmm. typically on a weekend. Mm-hmm. So um, I go in and do the show. Um, oh man, I. I'm blanking on the name of the school. That's okay. It's in, it's just south of Cincinnati. Um, and, you know, I do the show and I've been doing the show for many years. So so the the organizer came up to me after. She goes, oh, man, we love having you. The kids love it. It's, it's always a great show. And she handed me this pile of Chick-fil-A gift cards. Oh, boy. It's like 100 bucks worth, like wow. 25 a piece. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, fantastic. I You know, I haven't – at that point, I'd never had Chick-fil-A. Uh-huh. So I get up. To drive home on Sunday, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go use my gift cards, man. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, it's, it's like deserted. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> they, what, are they? <laughs> did they have a fire? What's what's happening? Uh, <laughs> I had no idea that they weren't open on Sundays. <laughs> Fooled you. Yeah. It's like uh, <laughs> I ain't listening to you. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So then I realized, oh, they're closed on Sundays. All so right. I saved my gift cards and I use them eventually. So, <laughs> so yeah. A Chick-fil-A gift card. And she said, how wonderful is that? So um, the South Charleston Police Department's Facebook page um, said they acquired $500 worth of cards to distribute. Officer Robert Yeager told the news, WCH, WCHS News, that officers were stopping drivers as usual for traffic violations, but surprising them with gift cards. Usually people aren't too happy when you pull them over. Really? <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to somebody new when I get pulled over. But to put a smile on someone's face like that, it's a good feeling. Patrol officer Justin Morris told the news team. So, yeah, they were just uh, – see, when I first saw this story, I thought they were just pulling over random people. Yeah, giving them gift thought, cards. But yeah. They're actually pulling people over who've, who've like, disobeyed a traffic law. Like well, this, girl, well, this girl ran a red light and, and uh, she got a gift card. Well, you just blow oh, twice the limit. <laughs> Here's a gift card. quickly. Yeah. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Here, walk the line. So, you yeah, failed. Yeah. Here's a gift card. Yeah, have a gift card. Yeah. Go go eat off that drunk. God bless me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's a cool thing. So the Charleston, West Virginia police officers, you're a winner of the week. Oh, man. That's how winning is done. Yes, it is. Speaking of winning, Alan Alan Benson checked in. Hey, happy holidays to you, too. Alan, hope you had a great Christmas. Alan's our usual listener. I know you're on an off day, Alan, so good thing you checked in. Yeah. I know you're probably not doing tacos today, but, no, you know. It's leftover turkey and or ham. Yeah, yeah or ham, something like that. Or summer sausage yeah, or something. I, yeah, I don't know what he's doing, but. <laughs> the, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Thanks for checking in, Alan. We appreciate it very much. This episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast is brought to you by Banner Season. Online marketing is saturated and people rarely open their emails. Are you in sales or does your business market to customers? How do you connect with family, friends, and clients? Banner Season takes your marketing into the real world by delivering kindness and thoughtfulness directly to your clients physically. Imagine the excitement of your family, friends, and customers as they receive personalized cards and gifts in their mailboxes. Go to bannerseason.com forward slash fantastic and begin today to express kindness and make connections with others. That's bannerseason.com 
forward slash fantastic. Bannerseason.com forward slash fantastic. And just as a disclaimer, I am an affiliate for them. It does not affect you at all, but uh, I do receive some remuneration. So just to be upfront about that. And I almost got through that whole thing without an error. <laughs> we'll do it live. Yeah. Fuck it. Do it live. <laughs> I can go write it and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> yeah. Bill O'Reilly checks in quite often on our show. He does. Yeah, just, does. just for that reason. <laughs> so we are talking about uh, therapy Q&A. Mm-hmm. It's part four in our series of therapy Q&A questions. It's part, and, it's part four of two, wasn't it? Yes. It was originally a two-parter, but we had to extend it because there were so many questions. So so we'll call it a series. Uh-huh. This is part four. If you've not listened to parts one, two, one through three, yeah. go back and take a look at those. Uh, they're, they're right before this one, right in order. <laughs> one, two, three, four. Not like the Star Wars. No, <laughs> no not, like, not like the Star Wars. There are no prequels or postquills or whatever you call them. <laughs> I just had to throw it out there. I really did. (laughs) Well, and speaking of Star Wars, since you brought it up, Matt, Uh uh, since our last recording, I watched the Mandalorian finale. No spoilers. Wow. Yeah. All I can say is, well, I mean, honestly, if you haven't watched it not by now, it's been a week. Yeah. But still. Oh, no. Just, just, if you're a Star Wars fan, man, you'll just be ready to be as happy as you've ever been. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that, I'll say that, and we'll leave it there. <laughs> Best kept secret uh, ever. <laughs> oh, ju- just unbelievable. I tried to tell my wife about this, and she had no. She goes, "I know you want me to be excited about this, but she goes, I just couldn't care. I could care less." <laughs> I think, I think Mary, I think my wife's responsibly. Well, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get the gravity of that no. of the whole thing. Good for it's, them. it's fantastic. But she's like, "I know you want me to be excited, but it just it's just not going to happen." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're back on part four therapy Q and A, and I teased a couple of these questions because I think they're pretty cool or will be very interesting. So let's start with what, and and I teased this uh, at the end of last podcast, how much contact with a therapist between sessions is normal? That's a tough question because when you say normal, I I would say typical. Now, therapists work differently and everyone is different. I will tell you how I do things and then I'll tell you how some other therapists do things so we can contrast and compare. Yeah. I typically don't have contact with my clients between sessions unless it's a scheduling issue or they're canceling or something serious has come up. Now, even that one is is a little bit iffy. What's considered serious? Well, let's say that uh, let's say that a client has a crisis and they might be suicidal. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing, and I set this up in the beginning of our relationship when I see a client for the first time. I say, "Listen, we're an outpatient clinic. Now, there are other clinics that might be that that might have higher levels of care, and by that I mean like community services where they do home visits and things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not I'm not concluding them in this, but but our facility is an outpatient therapy clinic, which means we do outpatient therapy. We don't do ongoing family programs or in-home visits, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I set the rules up up front for my clients. I say, listen. If if at some point you're ever in crisis or you feel like you're suicidal, I need you to call 911 or immediately go to the ER. Right. Just that – those two things, one of those two things you need to do mm-hmm. because 
if somebody calls me, I may or may not be available. It's it's not it's it's not like I'm on call 24 hours a day. Right. I could be sleeping. I, who would know? Right. It could be it could be six hours before I would even know somebody tried to contact me. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Okay. So let's say a, a client does go into crisis and they are suicidal. Mm-hmm. Then they call you. You tell them to go to the ER. Do you follow up with them while they're still in the hospital or do you wait until they're out? Typically, what will happen is if somebody is admitted to the hospital, they would most of the time before they're discharged, the mm-hmm. hospital will make contact with their point of of um, treatment. Okay. So, so for hypothetically, say somebody's admitted to Wyandotte Hospital mm-hmm. before they're before they're discharged, the hospital will contact our office and make sure that they have a follow up appointment set for when they're discharged. Okay. Yes. So there's coordination of care, long story short. Okay, thank you. So I say that what is normal, for me, the only time my clients should be contacting me is if there's a scheduling issue or they need to cancel, something like that, mm-hmm. some, some more administrative type things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, for me as a therapist, I don't give out like a personal cell phone. Rarely do I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there are therapists, and 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 we're going to get into a to to one of the questions. I think that we're gonna we're gonna get into a little bit later here, but I'll I'll tease it a little bit now. Some therapists will give their personal cell phone and say, "Call me anytime." Right, right. I I, I think at that point it's crossing a line from a professional arrangement to more of a personal arrangement. Can you put they? I, I would imagine they would put some restrictions on it. You would think. Okay. <laughs> now, I, I've and I've I've worked with I've worked with therapists before who are available anytime, and sometimes they will take and I've seen it. They might take ten calls from a clients in between appointments that are weekly. Wow. So, and if this is going to lead in, and we'll, we'll we'll hit this one in a moment. What ways could a therapist foster dependency in a client? Oh yeah. So I'm going to just leave that there, mm-hmm. and we're going back to that. Okay. So long story short, for me. As far as how much contact is normal, I would say none is normal. Mm-hmm. We have an appointment scheduled. You come or or right now you log in at your appointment time for telehealth sessions, mm-hmm. and then we do our appointment. Um, I, I don't want that to sound cold or uncaring, but but definitely this relationship is set up that it's an outpatient therapy relationship, and I make sure those rules are set up up front for them. At the end of a session, I would imagine that the therapist is giving their patient, their client, for lack of a better term, marching orders. Okay, this is yes. what you're going to work on for yep. this week, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. then when we come back the next time, we're going to talk about that. Right. So there really shouldn't be that communication unless it's scheduling change. What happened? Right, right. All right. Yep. Um. And, and and we'll hit more on that as we go forward in that question that's coming up. Okay. And, and these other two kind and these other ones kind of fall into that, and then we'll get to the dependency question. Mm-hmm. Why are therapists so strict about texting or emailing them? Again, we're talking about contact in between mm-hmm. sessions. Mm-hmm. The reason they would be strict is that they're trying to set up a a process where you become independent, where you can cope with things like if we talk we talked about uh this the the example i used last podcast Mm -hmm. somebody's having extreme anxiety and stress at work because of conflict what we're going to do in session is we're going to work on how to handle conflict how to communicate how to express how you're feeling Mm -hmm. if you're anxious what to do with those feelings when you're when you're home 
you know, maybe, maybe it's, maybe you listen to music and meditate. Maybe you, you, you do a hobby that that's, that's enjoyable for you to mm -hmm. kind of rechannel those feelings. Um, maybe it's just relaxing. Maybe it's, it's just, um, watching TV. I, I know some people say, oh, TV's a waste of time. Yeah. I don't, it depends. I mean, somebody could, if you're watching TV 20 hours a day and that's all you do, yeah. Like anything else, it yeah. can be abused right. or misused. Right. But but if you enjoy something, like we just talked about Star Wars, yeah, that was the best half hour of my week. Mm -hmm. Well, thirty five. Other than Christmas, but, <laughs> but but I'm saying I'm, I'm not like I didn't enjoy time with my family. But, but man, my gosh, that half hour, I I was so excited. I felt you were so tuned, good. You were tuned in and focused, oh, yes, weren't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and it was just such a thrill. So 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 something like that can be enjoyable for you. Mm -hmm. So yes, I I would say. To, we work on things like that that help you cope with things and change your behaviors during the week in between sessions. Mm -hmm. So as far as texting or emailing, unless, again, it's administrative or, or an appointment cancellation, something like that, mm -hmm. for me, for outpatient therapy, I don't think there should be any texting or emailing in between sessions. And that's absolutely fair. Right. So that's so that's why they're strict about it because they want you to be able to they, they want to foster a sense of, of independence so that you can work on these things on your own mm -hmm. so that someday you don't need a therapist. And, and I'll, I'll throw this in here. When I start therapy with a client, my goal is not to have them in therapy for 10 years. No, I tell them first session. My goal is to get you to the point where you don't have to see me mm -hmm. as difficult as that may sound. The first session, that's always my goal is to foster a, a sense of independence so that you can move forward with new skills and not need me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, should therapists avoid you in public? So this is a question that comes up because I, my office is in Taylor. Mm -hmm. I live in Woodhaven. So mm -hmm. we're both, both cities are down river. There have been times I've seen clients out in public. Of course. My first session with every client, I tell them at some point, if we run into each other out in public, I'm not going to approach you. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I don't want to put you in an awkward situation where maybe say you're with family mm -hmm. and I just walk up and say, Hey Joe, how you doing? And Joe's <laughs> like, uh, this uh, is my uh. uncle. Yeah, I, you, you know, <laughs> right. he might not want that. He might not want the family to know he's in therapy. And that, mm -hmm. that's a, that's not a, that's not bad that that's just some people don't want to have their private lives, you know? So I would never put a client in that situation. I do tell clients that, if I see you in public, I'm not going to approach you. If you feel like you want to approach me and say hi, mm -hmm. I'm I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. But it has you have to initiate it. Right. I will never initiate that contact. Right. Yeah. Makes totally. Yeah. Why Why cause more anxiousness? Why cause more anxiety? Why Why even yep. contribute? Right. Right. And and it just puts them in an awkward situation, especially mm -hmm. they might be with friends. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of teenage clients, like I saw a teenage client in Kroger and she was with two friends. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not going to approach her and say, hey. <laughs> What's a creepy old like, guy yeah, doing over yeah, here? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> who's this creepy old guy? <laughs> oh, da -da, da -da, like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you? <laughs> right. They'll be like, who, who is that dude? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Um so yeah, that that is as far as avoid you in public. Yes, I I wouldn't I wouldn't approach you in public. That's mm -hmm. totally up to the client to do if they want to do that. Good rule of thumb. Yes. Yeah. Um, quick story: we <laughs> somebody I know, somebody I know well, was seeing a therapist. Mm -hmm. I I forgot she was out somewhere. 
this wasn't a client of mine. This is somebody I know on a, on a, on a relationship friendship level. She was out somewhere and her therapist walked up to her and I don't know, it was, it was out in public somewhere. It's like, Hey, what's going on? But she was with a, with a bunch of people. Oh no. Like, I don't know if it was the mall or something like that. And she's like, Holy crap. You know, and she's just like, Hey, you know, like, Hey, you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he just, I, that's just a boundary you shouldn't cross as a therapist. And then I don't do that. And therapists shouldn't do that. Hey, buckaroo. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, what's up with you? <laughs> All right, Dan. <laughs> so, yes, share, therapists should should not initiate contact in public. Okay. Yes. Good. Um, so we get to the get to the point. In what ways could a therapist foster dependency? And these kind of tie in. Mm-hmm. If a therapist is available to you twenty four seven with no limitations, they're fostering dependency. Mm-hmm. That, that for me is not what a therapist should be doing. If a therapist allows you to call them anytime, day or night, that is not fostering dependency. And I, and I've, I've worked with a therapist in the past who I, she even said to me at one point, she goes, Oh yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, up every night talking to clients. I'm like, why? Yeah. Your, your appointments are during the day. What do you, well, you know, I give them my number and I say that if they need anything to call me. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. I need a gallon of milk. You want to fly? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's not yeah. how this works. Hey, I'm, I'm going out to the bar to get, you know, get wasted. You want to join me? I mean, <laughs> oh I, I mean, they're just, they're lines that you shouldn't cross. Yeah. And, and definitely that's a way you can fall. Or a therapist that puts themselves in a position where the client needs you. Mm-hmm. Like they can't do it without you. Right. That's never the, the approach therapy should have. That, that you have to be the one with all the answers and they have to come to you for everything. That That's the total opposite of what you should be doing. It has to be so incredibly difficult right now uh, with this uh, timeline that we're in mm-hmm. um, with the telehealth because folks that might have, might not have been in therapy before, now they are, but they're experiencing the telehealth instead of the in-person session. Correct. So that's where that, that dependency is going to be even tougher. Well, because they're used to, they're used to that interaction with, with an electronic medium. Yeah. So, oh, if I'm talking to you online, what's the difference if I just text you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And those lines, you're right. That Those lines could get a little bit more blurred now with what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a challenge. Wow. But I will say, if your therapist is 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 encouraging you to, to, to count on them for everything, that that's fostering dependence. Mm-hmm. And that's not what a therapy relationship should be. Yep. Um, we're going to get to good one in a moment. All right. Um, is the therapist able to diagnose you with a mental illness? Yeah. Long story short. Long story short is yes. Mm-hmm. So therapists can be any number of of licensures. So I'm a licensed professional counselor. I'm an LPC. All therapists have at least a master's level degree mm-hmm. that could be in counseling, could be in social work, could be in psychology, mm-hmm. could be in marriage and family therapy. But, but even just even in all those disciplines, everybody has at least a master's degree. Mm-hmm. You need that in order to practice. Now, everybody's license might be a little bit different. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a licensed professional counselor. I get a license from the state of Michigan. I have therapists in my office who are social workers. They're LMSWs, mm-hmm. licensed master social worker. They're also licensed by the state of Michigan to practice therapy. Mm-hmm. Psychologists have an LLP, which is called a limited license psychologist hmm. licensed by the state of Michigan. So, so all of these disciplines have licenses to practice and they've all had clinical training in their education. So 
even though even though technically we're not doctors per se, because mm. that's another funny thing that comes up quite often is people call me doc. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, technically mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor. Right. I only have a master's degree. So right. now somebody who might have a PhD, you could call them doc. Right. But most of the time people don't get that. They just see initials behind your name. Mm-hmm. And assume. And assume, because mine it would be MA comma LPC. Mm. And then I can add CHT for certified hypnotherapist. Mm. But people get confused with initials. They think, oh, they're doctors. They have initials behind their names. Because <laughs> for, for licensure's sake, you have to sign as an LPC. That, right. that shows your credentials. Um, so yes, a therapist is able to diagnose you with a mental illness because we've all had diagnostic training in school. And diagnostic that diagnosis comes from the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of mm-hmm. Mental Disorders. Say that five times faster. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> diagnostic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a mouthful. But yes, we can diagnose. Yeah. Um, so I, th- this, is, this is a good one. Mo- in th- th- This one, I have a good story. What's the most unprofessional therapist you've had an appointment with? And there are a couple of questions that went with that. What's the most unprofessional thing you've seen a therapist do? Ah. Now, of course, we can go to the big ones. Having relationships with clients mm-hmm. is a no-no. Big any, no-no. Any, any kind of personal – if a therapist friends you on Facebook, that, that's a line I would never cross. Right. It's just you're crossing boundaries there. Let me tell you about a therapist I, see, I saw once. I made an appointment for a therapist. Uh, gosh, this, this was – I was, I was working at the time. I was working as a therapist. And, and go back to episode one or two of Q, uh, therapy Q&A because we talk about do therapists see therapists? Mm-hmm. Yes. The question is yes. And you can, you can hear more about that on that prior episode. So I made an appointment with a therapist. So I walk in. And not that this is a big deal, but he had a, he had a sweatshirt on and was wearing shorts. Um, and not that in and of itself, that's – a, a bad thing. It just, just seems a little unprofessional. It just, it just caught me kind of off guard. Hey, nice clothes, gentlemen. I didn't <laughs> know the Salvation Army was having a sale. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was the first thing that threw me off. So as I walk into his office, there's this recliner there, and this thing looked like it was. This thing looked like it had been beaten with a bag of nickels. That the, the, there was there was the the stuffing was coming out of the seat, and the arms were all bent. It's like it was like an old recliner that would have been in a dorm room. Well, or on the side of the road, or on yeah. the side of the road. <laughs> so just as I get right there, the guy shouts out, "That's my chair!" Oh, oh, and, and he startled me. And I'm like, oh, oh I wasn't going to sit in that okay, thing Uncle, anyway. Okay, Uncle Milty, yeah, relax. Yeah, Uncle Milty, yeah. <laughs> relax, Uncle Milty. So I go across and sit down. So he sits down in the recliner. And and I give him credit. He did apologize. He said, hey, I'm sorry for the attire. I'm going to the U of M game later. I'm yeah. like, okay, cool. Right. Whatever. He, he gave an explanation for that. So I start. This is the first session, mind you. So we start talking. And I just see him lean over. He leans over. Sorry, he leaned away from the mic. He leans over beside his chair and pick something up and it's a it's a peppermint patty and you know they wrapped in, in foil, foil a, 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 an individual one he unwraps it <laughs> starts eating i'm like okay Jeez. maybe he just needed a you know he did this the whole time he oh must have goodness. eaten 50 of these things the whole time we talked oh my goodness and i'm like what is going on here what is it what the fuck are you doing? Really, that's what I've been thinking in my head. What, what, what is with you? But every time I bite into a peppermint patty, <laughs> I'm on a mountainside and I'm just enjoying the. 
<laughs> so needless to say, I never, I never returned to this therapist. That, that was my first session with this dude. And I'm like, okay, wow. that's it. Yeah, we're done. So that for me as a personal experience, that's the most unprofessional thing I've, I've ever had happen. <laughs> wow. So folks, listen, I know we covered a lot of things over the past four episodes as far as therapy Q and a, um, so I want you to, to do your homework if you see a therapist. C- go back and listen to all of the questions I've answered. And, and if, if none of these things, if, if, if anything doesn't feel right to you, listen to your gut and say that you want to see somebody different. That's the main thing. You're there to benefit yourself, to get better, and make sure that the, the person you're working with is going to help you get to that level. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you guys listening. Change your thinking. Change your life. Laugh hard, run fast, be kind. We will see you next time. There it is. (laughs) Sorry, took a minute.